Hey guys, I'm here at the rodeo and we decided to do a chat for the podcast and let you know what we wanted to um, encourage the high schoolers, encourage anybody with uh, some ag backgrounds and what you might have learned from a horse already. If you were ever interested in learning about how to learn more about yourself and leadership with the horse, go ahead and reach out to me um, on Facebook or on Messenger or anywhere. I'll be happy to, to help you out. And uh, this is just an extension of our ministry makers as I talk here with Jenny Sherbo who runs her horse ranch as a ministry as well to help I don't I think it's girls and boys on their uh, equestrian journeys to how they will serve people love God and work with horses raised me uh, in the Christian uh, faith and my mom was newer to the faith going in so she believed everything in the Bible to be black and white and so the whole like you can't leave your family until you're married was something she was starting to want my life to look like and I was like oh crap what am I gonna go do <laughs> how do I get out of the house um, wasn't allowed to date but was being raised <clears throat> as if you just go get married and I'm like, I, there, there's like a disconnect. So I was very active in my high school years. I was um, on cheerleading and track and showing animals and doing the whole thing, mainly uh, through 4-H and stuff. And um, they tell me, uh, so, so I sat and said, what, what do I like to do? What, where am I going to go? And so I thought about sports first. And I started uh, in the sports medicine and had actually found out the time that Justin's Boots was sponsoring people to go into sports medicine because of not having enough animal trained people to feel comfortable running out in front of these animals and helping people who need it. And so I thought about that and then I um, I was actually failing my kinesiology tests and <laughs> decided that maybe we all are all made for something and I was very good at animals so I went back to the animals. And then within that, in, in college they tell you things like you can go become a teacher, you could be an ag rep, you can um, one of the things they were trying to get me to do was um, a USDA grader. They're like, it's a perfect job. You can go in the morning, still get paid all this money, you can go back out. But nothing was interesting me. And um, I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to help kids who don't have the opportunity to know what the ranch life is like to do that. Um, through that, I started designing my own thing. I love teaching dance, I love working with kids, I love teaching leadership, and I loved working with horses. And so I started forming my own job. So now I go and I teach people, how do you, how do you find your passions? How do you find what drives you? And how do you work from them so that you don't burn out? And you say, I love what I do and the reason why I do it. And never feel like, because people will take from your gifts. They'll take from any opportunity you get from them, and you can hit a point where you feel like you give everything and nobody cares. And so you have to come back to this point of centering your passions. And they're not things like putting horses in the center. It's things like helping others, um, being an inspiration, being an encourager, 
Um, it's just the other littler characteristics that drive you. So when you say, what's your favorite chore? What's your favorite chore? Oh, uh, riding. Okay, and it's because why? What happens? Um, because that's when that's the finality of all my chores. I do everything else so I can finally get on and and train the horses, and I'm usually helping people at the same time. So that's I do everything else I do to get to that spot. <laughs> so when you're doing like the dishes, all you're thinking about is if I get done, I can go out. Do you ever feel like? I feel like moms, we tend to like punish ourselves when the chore is not done because we want to like set that premises of like making sure everything's done. Are you good about letting things go? And I'm really good at letting things go because it's, you're never done. Yeah. That's the problem. Right. You're absolutely are never done. And when you've done a hundred things, you can pat yourself on the back and there was a hundred you didn't do because <laughs> right. you are never done. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you keep writing in your schedule? Are you like do you get up in the morning then you have like a certain time for chores are you very scheduled are you yeah so I similar to you um have found my passion and and I I was um found a mentor and helped me um write a constitution and a mission statement and um I call it gravy you boil everything down to what's important and you let that drive your life instead of the job, the writing, the money, the whatever it is that that this world would have you drive and actually get down to what your purpose here is to have you drive. So so I'm with you. I, I know what drives me at the end of the day, you know, and I, I help get centered and pray in the morning to keep me on track because my to-do list could sure drive me into worldly worldly days and worldly weeks and worldly months and worldly years. It can run away real fast. So um, I, I have my to-do list and I pray every morning and I'm very open throughout the day because pretty much um, I'm a horse trainer, but horses come with people and I deal with people. And so my prayer for the day starts something like, thank you for this day. Please help me to see you and everything I do and be aware and have your eyes and your ears, which sometimes you better be careful what you pray for. Because <laughs> well, I tell people that I'm a counselor. That's, that's what I do. serving God before serving the people. Because I've said, like, I don't know how you feel, but when you work with somebody and then they, it's like time for them to go. <laughs> right, to, yeah. Like, that's like one of the hardest things, I think, when we love people so much. And Absolutely. Then, like, it's in my book that, like, you have, like, we are made to serve, but make sure you're still, when it says serve God above serving man, that means that you're easily saying that was God's choice that they go somewhere. So there's no right. hurt feelings or hard. Well, and there's definitely ministry burnout. I had to learn that, that that's a whole thing. And, um, you know, how, how to keep all that priority straight and yourself in, in check. And, you know, you've got to fill your heart before you can go try to love people through Christ and fill their hearts. Um, and that's definitely a learned skill for sure. Yeah. Um, through my book, one of my, uh, book coaches, she was saying that she does like that prayer meeting with God in the morning, but hers is like going through like, is this what you still want? Yeah, right? today? Yeah. Is this what you still want on this? And being a homeschool mom, you homeschool now too? Or you um, I do some, but my boys are older once they get into homeschool and they're really good. And to be honest with you, um, I don't, you know, I check in with them, but I really don't have you a whole say, lot to do check with books. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Nice. Yeah. Well, I've always raised my kids that people come first. And so, but again, like where do you put those boundaries and where do you teach that you move with love and you move with grace? But I told her, I'm like, I'm never allowed to really have that checklist with God because there will be something that like, and 
the dog ran away and the horse knocked down the fence right. and this oh, happened sure. and you better be willing to just go with the way that God brings the day and yeah um and I've also left margins in my life especially working with people because when we had 219 kids go mm. through our horse program in 2019 and there were times that somebody would show up and you just know like they're not in the right space and you better be able to have some space for that and and people to back like I had to be like okay teens you're all taking over and I need to go deal with that yeah <laughs> we'll be back when I'm back and if that cuts into dinner or anything else like sometimes you just have to have well, your niche, what you're doing, sounds like um, that preteen, you know, well, yeah. probably all the way from like grade schoolers to right. through high school and even college. Because um, that's what I deal with a lot is like the college age kids. But what you're doing is a perfect time because they are searching. And a lot of them don't know which direction to go. And some of them are rooted in Christ and some of them aren't. Well, I've, I've pivoted. So God asked me to quit the horse program. I don't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, you need to reach women because women are, are just serving their families. They're putting on superhero capes. They're completely burnt out. And a kid doesn't know how to go live in their passions if their parents are not. True. If their parents are not taking on that, like you can go do anything and really living like they mean it, then a kid doesn't feel like they can either. Mm -hmm. They still will go and slave to the world and burden to where they need to be. So when I went and gave this talk to high schoolers and the parents didn't hear which is why I was like parents come show up too because you might not like what I have to say if you don't hear it um but knowing even deeper than that it's it's realizing that we have to get in line with the identity of what God gave us because that's the first thing that's being fought in our world today this whole like he she that type of stuff like let's not fight that let's just start with what does God what did God make you to love and what blessings are in your life we are blessed to have horses in our life mm -hmm. we're blessed to activate them and then allow others into that gifts and talents and space that he's allowed for us and when you have that open give and receive of your talents then things can grow and explode and you can shine God from everything that you do well and it's awesome to see that God works through children right. to bring Christ to entire families you know, so there's oftentimes, like you said, you might draw the kid, but then you get the parents to come and they might not like, because they don't have that background, but it, I've seen the kids gravitate towards it and change entire families, you know, um, and just watch God work, you know, miracles yeah. really. And it's pretty amazing. Um, I feel like God will make you a hero no matter what age you are in, you know, it, it was definitely in my circumstance where I was not raised in church and I was not raised with anybody in faith around me. I mean, my entire family and most of my groups of friends, close friends, which are large families and large groups of friends. Um, and I felt like I was called and I'm like, why me? Right? Like, who am I? I know nothing. And why me? And are, you know, are you crazy? Like, how can I do this? And in, and it's been such a blessing. It was a huge burden and a blessing in my life that then I can just speak love and, and peace and, and introduce God to to my entire circle. So I, I know that firsthand because I was that person that has seen people in my circle that um, Christ was not the center of at all. Um, actually was kind of guarded against it because they didn't believe in religion and they, you know, had some of my background is a little bit of the Catholic Church and and, and the, it was a very negative connotation and, and you know, the church just steals money and are perverts and, I mean, really, I mean, I could go on and on and um, now my family has learned that they can have faith without religion 
that they can have an actual relationship with Christ and that they're still a lot there for them and stuff. And that's because I got taught that because God put people in my life, kind of plucked me out of that, schooled me up and then put me back in it, which was the hardest thing in the world to do. Um, but it was, it was, it's amazing and it's a miracle to just, it's all watching God work through it all. And um, I really do think he's the, the center of my friends and my family now. So I encourage everybody to take life in exploration without a lot of expectations because like coming from this this high school talk I wanted to have when you're going into college but really we have tons of times to pivot and try new things how was your life coming up in horses to like the choices that you got to make to either stay in it or did you pivot out sometimes and come back to that how did that journey look for you um I started in horses really young and always gravitated to it, but I was always told my entire life that you didn't make a living in the horse business. Like, this is a hobby, this is something you did, this is something fun. And I also, my family did not, we're not in the horse business at all. I grew up on two acres in town, the neighbors gave us a pony, um, my dad's a veteran, my mom worked odd jobs, we never had any money. Um, I'm talking spaghetti, peanut butter and jelly. Um, you know, base budget. The, the very first horse I ever got that the neighbors gave me was a pony. I rode that thing until my feet drugged the ground. And then um, we went to a horse sale and bought a $1,600 horse and it was put on a visa and we made payments for a very long time. And I used to, you know, work for the neighbors for cash. I mean, we had no money. So I, I don't come from big rigs and million dollar ranches. My parents were not horse trainers. So it was a lot for me to stay in it and to do it and then to try to be able to be competitive and win and um through god's grace somehow i always did i you know in high school rodeo i got a flip this horse that a rope in was flipping over in the box literally flipping over and i'm like it doesn't like to be a rope horse and she's like yeah but it's really fast i'm like cool can i make it a barrel horse and she's like sure here you know and then and i did i made it a barrel horse i made state finals and, and, and there was a lot of horses like that in my life um, that got just kept building my I always say your horsemanship just no different than your life you have a book of horsemanship or a book of life and they build all the different chapters so my first chapters of my life on horses were not the kind of horses I ride now they weren't the cream you know they, they were horses that nobody wanted pretty much because we couldn't afford anything else so did I detour from it no because I had to fight like heck to have it when we were able to continue because so you went straight into training no well see part of having to fight like heck to have it is i've worked in it my whole life because i never had any choice okay i've been working so in barn ranches okay. since i was a kid i was always the barn rat which is why i started my program the future horseman foundation which i call the glorified barn rat program because i was the barn rat um you know i wasn't ever the customer with the parents with a lot of money i was the youth kid that was going to buy high dollar horses and stuff i was happy to be there and i would ride anything in the barn and clean the stalls and be there from morning till night and anything because that was the only way i could be there so do you want to talk more about the program that you're starting yeah so um it's it's been in effect for about five years it's called okay. the future horseman foundation and it takes college-age kids from all over the world and they come live at the ranch and um, I have a book that I wrote and we go through it and it introduces them to not only horsemanship but um, ranch management on a very large scale and kind of lets them know what avenues there are in the horse business and tries to take um, really boil down to what they're good at and what they're not good at and put them in the right lane that they need to be in and then job them out from there. So, so yeah, so, and we've had over 50 graduates from all over the world in the program, and um, we have housing, and it's a three-month minimum, one-year max. 
Nice. Um, so the, I'm going to touch really fast on that. That's one of the things that when I go and speak to like the FFA kids or other things and you're like, oh, I want to get in the horse industry. That's not a narrow niche. Like it, it's it like very broad. Yeah. And, and I try to get people to open their mindset. It could even come down to you design the next rasp or the next brush or the next Absolutely. whatever. And work for associations and um, all of the companies that make up our industry as a whole. I mean, it could go on and on and on. I mean, right. it is a very broad spectrum. Yeah. So don't limit yourselves if you're looking like I want to go in this way now go how far you could go in either coming up with something new um, or or serving that in its own special way that you're designed to do um, and then that's where I get into talking about different horse programming from it's not just um, that there's a lot of special needs type things out there there's veteran type things out there for horse programming and um, I specifically worked with leadership to do intervention bullying programs um, in, the, in the schools. So that was where I So our mission statement at the Future Horseman Foundation is changing lives one horse at a time. So I get a lot of people that come to me, um, you know, to work with their horse, but like I said, it ends up being counseling sessions. And, right. Um, you know, well, the horse reveals so much of how we Correct. take life yes. and how we think. And yeah, so it's, mm -hmm. it does, it just goes hand in hand. And that was something else I really wanted to tell the kids is like you guys are worlds above being rodeo kids you are worlds above so many people of knowing what it's like to work with other people the way that you handle with a horse you need to treat people every day and I tell her I say with grace because today's not your day and sometimes it's just not your day and sometimes it's just not that person's day and you gotta let that go and you gotta pick up and you gotta try again and you gotta try that person again you gotta try the opportunity again you gotta try whatever it is and to know that you have to always um, even just the show up aspect when you don't feel like it in rodeo like those things that are, play over into the real world are huge and I wanted them to feel empowered and and ready for whatever road they were gonna take my road has a lot more ups and flows um, my dad was a horse trainer but he was not a famous horse trainer um, he decided to walk away from that world once I was born and um, he wasn't you know, he didn't come from a big time anything either. I'm really not sure he's kind of quiet about his background of how he used to be in the um, cutting and, and reining world. And um, I was sad that he had backed out of it, but that was always his supplemental income. So he was a logger and worked for Doug Fear Camp. And then he was uh, just backyard training, which became a really, it is a really big thing. My husband has a horseshoer. He's like, most of my clients, he's like, I don't want a big barn because if you upset a big barn, yeah. There goes everything. All your eggs are you know? So yeah. he's like, I, and he likes the touring and going to different people and the people who have this more as a hobby and know that it's their blessing rather than like a, a pressure, you know? So um, I started training backyard horses as well. And then when uh, I, I was so young that I felt like I was bossing like 60 year old women around You're right. and I felt uncomfortable doing that and I really didn't know how to deliver what I needed to say well and I didn't want them, I was taught to respect elders so I didn't know how to say it and not make them feel like a little kid <laughs> so I decided to pivot and work with kids for a while. Um, I've done tons of other things. I ended up actually in Nashville and have recorded songs. And oh, I've, neat. Yeah, so I'm very big, like, 
take doors, take opportunities and see, because as you were saying, like your road and your journey, it packs on top of each other. And so everything has a reason and a purpose and a why you went on this detour. But as long as nothing, I really want to tell the kids is that sometimes there's not a good and a bad choice. Sometimes it's good and good. And as long as you're continuing to seek like that further goal of like, I think this is the direction I want to go. Trust that God's going to open and close doors and take the opportunities and roads never go straight. They're always curved and round. Well, I don't know about you, but I know I am very much guilty of if I was a little kid following after my father and I'm like squirrel and I run off over here and then I'm like, oh, candy. And I run off over there and I run off and I run off. I tell everybody, I'm, my, my pastor says I'm a bad colt. You know, I'm the colt that you put in the bridle and I got to gnaw on it and chew on it and argue with the bridle for a while before I finally get in and then do it right. Um, so my road definitely is real curvy, but it's still kind of headed down the, the same direction. And every, if, if I looked back on my life, every single, if you plotted it like dots on the map, it all ended to right where I am right now. And I right. probably couldn't have skipped a single one. Right, right. And he allows us to have each of those lessons Absolutely. that we go through. So just wanted to let them just feel a little more free because I know the pressure I felt when I was graduating high school going, what am I going to do? <laughs> well, and I wish I knew earlier on to pray about it and had people praying for me. And I probably did somewhere along the line. Um, and, you know, only God knows that. And, and that's fine. But, I mean, that's got to be helpful to kids to, you know, I, I, I just had a phone conversation with one in Idaho just the other day. And I, and she called me to talk about horses we talked about horses i hung up i prayed over her and i called her right back and i said get your mother on the phone we are having a conversation and uh, we had a god talk and i said look i can feel the devil is working in your life you are a superstar and he's got your light turned off instead of your switch on and you're believing his lives you are believing him that you can't and that your mom bought you this hundred thousand dollar horse and you can't get by and you can't ride it and you can't and you can't and you can't and you won't and you can't and and you're not gonna win and you're gonna fail and you can't make the right decisions and your mom doesn't back you I said I feel every lie the devil's telling you Mm -hmm. and I'm here to tell you you need to tell the devil to go away to flee (laughs) and you need to start to listen to what God has to say to you Mm -hmm. that he loves you and he has great things in store for you and that you are worthy and that you are whole and that you are great and I said you need to start believe in the truth and quit believing the lies and you need to recognize it and speak it out and then you need to find scripture on a daily basis to back yourself up and I know you don't know how to do that and we're going to walk through that in the future. So I have a a journaling program that is uh, it's uh, just put together a journal it's actually the first 40 questions that are just like launch in my book of like where is God calling me right now and they are 40 verses with 40 prayer prompts and 40 songs to say to like basically mm-hmm. make that quiet time to say God where do I go next are you holding right my, me right now or am I supposed to move am I supposed to wait what is the lesson what is you know how what do you ask God the question because even people who grew up in Christianity they don't think that you're supposed to question God and I'm like no you are not going to have any idea where to go or what to do I think that was I only learned that maybe five seven years ago I was reading the book about praying over your biggest dreams and greatest fears and it's, a, it's called circle maker and um, it said you have to know what you want you can't just say God take me to what you want and just not right. not work towards it not see it not not well, know and, where and you're not going what we want what God is put in our heart anyways. right right but, but we have to recognize it and then go how do we get there God right if this is what I want and you place this in my heart then how do we get there and and then be able to be bold enough to go after it well, and stay it, the horse. it came from a time where they took a horse ranch was taken from me and all and 60 kids I was working with 
just gone basically overnight and I'm like I must not know what I want I don't know what I want I don't know what you want for me I was just like you pick it God I'm done <laughs> you know <laughs> and when I read that in the book I literally threw it <laughs> I threw it across the room and I'm like I don't like that <laughs> you know? yeah but the truth when I sat in that I sat in that for about a month going what does that really mean if I feel lost what does that mean and it means that God's a good father. That whole song, he's a good, good father to you are. I'm like, a good father doesn't force you into things. He wants you to want it. He wants, yeah. to, he, he will wait in those times. And so when I was pulled into that time, he wanted me to know what it's like to be loved and not be in that full service, not feel like I have to do or overachieve or overperform. And um, he was really developing my writing skill which I wanted to reject with all of me because I'm way too <laughs> hyperactive to sit and write a book. <laughs> but I journaled to reset my mind and I journaled the entire Psalms to understand that David was a whiner and a complainer. But at the end, he still said, I praise God anyways, even when I don't understand what he's doing. Yeah. And, you know, that's what it means to go mediate on his word when we read something and we naturally do want to reject it or, or need to chew on it or... You know, he can handle us to even not not like it and say no or be mad at God. You know, he can, he's a, he's, right? Right? he's he knows big where enough. Your heart is. He's big he enough to take all thinking. of it. I mean, him, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, been round and round for sure, but he's a big enough God to take it all and all of that's okay. And then, um, you know, it's just important to keep having that conversation and to um, keep going back and letting work on your heart. Because I don't know about you, but this, I mean, we don't realize how hard our heart gets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And one thing that he did with me right from the beginning is he just ripped my heart open, and, and that was hard. And then I go, well, how do you live this life with a big old open heart? You're just going to get stomped on all over and stabbed in the heart constantly. So where does that balance, you know, begin? And, and then it now, you know, all these years later, it's but it's a constant of I can feel my heart getting hardened, and I need to go back and soften right. up and... Um, be in the safe place and get loved on and get washed up and you know cleansed and and get back out there because um i think that's the big difference of living this life with christ is that you have, have an open soft heart and living this life um either without christ or without a relationship in relationship with christ is that you just get that armor up on your heart and you start living and we've met plenty of those people yeah well I, you had mentioned something about talking to the girl and I'm like, that's where I feel my heart starting to harden is when I know Satan's trying to work in it. Mm. And so like how, like knowing that you have to have those moments with God to retake everything too, because yes. doubt, discouragement, disappointments, that starts just pounding into like, absolutely start it on all becoming self, like, what am I going to do about this? How am I, you know, and not trusting God that he's really doing something or Satan's just telling you he's not, he's not going to bless that. You know, right. and you and you will that start spiritual to battle it you is oh, yeah. always on. And um, you know, we need the angels, and we need God. We need to speak it out, and because um, we, we need that army behind us. We, I think, as a woman, we, you know, I am woman. Hear me, war. We're doers. We're we're super women. We're the you know the moms and the mama bears and all of that. And so we try to take it all on by storm, right? And yeah. that we can do this, and we have to. And then we're pretty soon we go, uh-oh, I can't do this, <laughs> right? I need help, and, uh, and we do. We need God's help, and we, we need um, him to fight for us and the angels to fight for us and um, help us along. Anything more you'd want to say to a teen that is sitting there going, I'm afraid to make the wrong move, 
and I don't know where to stay, where to focus, where to be. Yep. So I, my biggest advice to them would be, um, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, it's really easy. You just, you just ask. You just, you know, um, my beginning prayer started something like this. I know there's a God. I don't know about this Jesus Christ character. This is exactly what my prayer was. Um, but if it, God, if, if Jesus is real and you want me to follow him and this is all where this needs to go and, and what I need to learn and what you, you need to help me. If this is real and if that's the facts, then you show me. Because I know there's a God, but I'm not sure about anything else. And I'm pretty guarded against it. And I just called it out. And wow, what a prayer. Could God, I started seeing crosses everywhere. I mean, there were great big crosses and shadows on the ground where there was nothing to cast that shadow on the ground. Mm. And I, to this day, I see crosses everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. God is always showing me the, the, the cross. And, and to me, you know, that means Jesus. And um, I can just see Jesus all over. And then he just completely changed my heart. And when he changed my heart, he changed my world. And he sent me in the direction that I was supposed to go. With that said, you have to work hard. You don't just sit idle and go, well, I just don't know. You scramble, you work hard, you take opportunities, you pray over it, you build that relationship, you get out of things what you put into them, and if you will wholeheartedly seek God, He will rock your world. Yeah, and provide, and bless, yep. and show you the way. Absolutely. Uh, you were making me think of the new Dolly Parton song, which she sings with somebody else, of like, Jesus was always there. You know, yes. Yeah, that yes. song. I'm like, I, I know that's not even the name of it, it's not coming to me, <laughs> but that's the song I was thinking about when you were saying that. And um, I also want to, uh, for me who was a Christian and still saying, okay, I, I, you know, I believed that I was asking God where I was going at that time. Um, I'm going to tell you to choose joy because Satan came to still kill and destroy Absolutely. like I was saying this morning. And when you choose to, he wants you to be confused. He wants you to live in chaos. He doesn't want you to move forward and you need to just choose joy and move forward. And if you can always say that and recenter that and remember that joy is a choice and you can choose to enjoy anything that you're doing because something in it you will love and something in it you will bless others when you continue to recenter your heart and to choose joy. So yep. light, not darkness. Yep. They're both everywhere. You gotta start to be able to see it. Well, if anybody wants to talk to either of us, we're always available. Jenny Sherbo's on um, Facebook and would hit Messenger. And do you have a website or anything? Yep, futurehorsemanfoundation.org um, okay. and um, then jennysherbo.com for my um, performance horse business. And my phone number is probably plastered everywhere. And um, text is the best way to quickly, or Messenger, to quickly get me. Um, and yep, I'm an open book. All right. And I'm on everything, too. If you're on the podcast, you know where to find me. www.kendradwecarol.com. Thanks, Jenny. You bet. Thank you. Fun. Fun.